Welcome, everybody, back to the Rooted and Edified show. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I'm your host, Cat Elias. This is your co-host, Manny Elias. Hello. And you are joining us, us for a special episode today, a special, special episode called A Reconciliation of a Father and Daughter. So we have today's special guests, T-Rob and Nelly. So happy dance for them. All right. Hey, hey. guys. <laughs> So before we introduce our special guests even more to you, we have a few podcast reminders. This podcast is sponsored by and is part of Beautifully Rooted, which is a Christian mental health and education corporation, which I founded. Feel free to check that out. This show, The Root and Edified Show, is a fun-loving, no-facade, Bible-believing, conservative Christian worldview show for men and women who want to hear real-life testimonies, discuss real-life topics, who want to enjoy the talents that people have within the church, and also to discuss theology, Absolutely. of course, right? We love that. All right. So, all right. We want to help encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ and more mature in your walk. And hopefully we'll have a few laughs on the side, right? Absolutely. Yes? Okay. Amen. Exactly. <laughs> so just as a reminder, we put out a video and an audio podcast. So whether you prefer to listen or you prefer to watch our show, there is an option for you. And if you are just so excited after you listen today or you've heard our other episodes, you are so excited that you want to dive deeper and figure out how can I be part of this? How can I support this podcast or volunteer? Feel free to check out our website, which is www.beautifullyrooted.com. B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L-L-Y, rooted.com. You'll find information on the podcast and on Rooted. We have the pleasure of introducing our special guests, T-Rob and Nellie. I'm just so happy that you guys are joining us today. I'm going to do a quick introduction of you guys, and then I will give you guys some time to tell us about your amazing podcast that everybody needs to hear and to join. Tenson Robinson and his daughter Janelle Soyibo are Jamaican immigrants. They currently reside in California and Georgia. Janelle is married to Olayinka and they have two boys, Cairo and Adonai, and they live in Georgia. Tenson is married to Marcia and is an elder at Not Avenue Christian Church in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. So Tenson goes by the name T-Rob. And Janelle goes by the name Nellie on their fortnightly podcast, Make We Reason. This podcast is where they discuss and compare the Jamaican and the American cultures having lived in both places. So that sounds super interesting. I have listened. You're going to love it. And they're going to tell us more about it. They're known as the daddy-daughter duo. We yes. need more of those. <laughs> so in the profession, Tenson is a project manager and an instructor. And Janelle is a search engine optimization specialist. In his spare time, Tenson likes to play golf. He likes to play board games and watching pro football. Janelle likes the outdoors and spending time with her families with a good movie. Their relationship of forgiveness, healing, and restoration after 10 long years of a broken relationship is amazing. I really hope that you benefit from this. I think it's something that's so important. Miss Nellie and T-Rob. Can you tell us a little bit more about your amazing podcast that everybody should be looking out for? Hey, Dad, you want me to go first? Or... Yes, Nelly. <laughs> My pleasure. The daughter okay. the daddy-daughter duo. Right. Okay. So, you know, our podcast, um, we, we used to have our talks all the time. And um, we, by default, we compared what we grew up with, with what we experienced in America. And we realized that nobody was talking about this. So you know, let's, let's put together something that, you know, other people might be afraid to say out loud or people that um, 
you know, they are experiencing the same things, but don't have an outlet to say it. So we definitely came up with that. Say, you know what, let's just document this. We know there's differences in what we grew up in, in Jamaica versus like what we're experiencing in America. If I could add to that, the Jamaican culture and the American culture are very different, especially on social topics. Oh, wow. There's a lot of social topics that we have differing ways of doing things with. And so, as Janelle said, Nelly, as she said that we used to discuss everything, every topic, we love conversing. And so with that, we basically said, listen, the cultures are so different. There are some things, every time we discuss anything, any social topic, we refer back to Jamaica. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How was it in Jamaica as a reference? And then we see the stark differences. And then we say, you know what? Let's highlight some of these differences. Let's do a podcast and basically let people be aware of cultural differences. So we wanted to highlight and enlighten folks about those cultural differences. I love that because, you know, I've, I've heard of Jamaica. I have never been, believe it or not, I've never been to Jamaica, but I've heard of it. Of course, we always, we want to go there. I know lots of people have gone there. But for someone like me, who still has a lot to learn about the Jamaican culture, I think that would be super helpful because you're sharing that on your podcast. So that's wonderful. So speaking of Jamaica, since you both come from that beautiful island that we see all the beautiful pictures of, can you tell us a little bit more about Jamaica? For those of us that have never been there, maybe what is Jamaica like and... You go first, Dad. You go first. <laughs> All right. Well, I can tell you Jamaica is an island in the Caribbean, just south of Cuba and about 150 miles from Florida, the tip of Florida. So our nearest neighbor is Cuba and the U.S. And Haiti is another neighbor of ours. Jamaica is a poor country, but a beautiful one at that. But right. economically but rich challenged. In culture. But rich in culture. Mm -hmm. You've heard about reggae music. You've heard, I'm sure you've Absolutely. heard about Bob Marley. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Right? And there's the fastest man in the world ever. Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Yeah, that's right. right? Really? Usain Bolt. No, yeah, no, no, Usain okay. Bolt. Fastest man alive. He actually ran on water to get here. To, oh, my to <laughs> And the fastest woman alive right now are from mm -hmm. Jamaica. So oh, there's, wow. some, there's something going on there. But let's face reality. Jamaica is a poor country. Beautiful one, as I said before. And the culture is rich, but there are some challenges that we have. Nice place to visit, warm and friendly people. Once we like you, we like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we have an issue with you, you will know. We're brutally and frankly honest. Right. Yes. Straightforward. We don't, we don't yes. go around, the, we don't beat around yeah. the bush and hide behind somebody's coattail. You know what you get. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. If up we front. don't like you, you'll know. But if we like you, it's like we love you. Warm and friendly people. Good food, as one of our podcasts basically talks about Jamaican yes. food. Yes, we had to we had to address that first because that's yes. how people know Jamaica, like you know, food, Jamaican right. food. Right. You know, again, a, a, an economically challenged country. They're doing the best they can and doing what they have to work with. But again, as a kid growing up in Jamaica, I loved it. Me too. I had we, a great childhood for sure. And it puts perspective on things when you grow up in a poor country or developing country. Right. And come to a developed country. You know, if you can take some teachings from your childhood, as a matter of fact, growing up in Jamaica specifically, and take it to a bigger country like the United States, you'll find out that some of those teachings are valuable. Right. 
I definitely want to piggyback on T. Rob. I remember when I first arrived in America, and I guess saw the just a plethora of things available to everybody. It was just everything was so achievable. I'll definitely go back to my childhood where, and T. Rob can also do that. We used to make trucks, like an actual truck, out of box juice boxes. Like we used oh, to wow. make our own toys. Yeah. And we used to make our kites out of plastic bag and sticks because, you know, um, we, we have to make do with what we have. Right. And you couldn't tell me that, you know, that wasn't, you know, my, my kite and that kite would last for like the whole summer, you know, cause I made it. It was just a lot of things that we used to do. Like there used to be like a silly thing. Like we used to race leaves in the gutter, like stuff like that. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> you know, it was just like, you know, so when I came here, I'm like, wow, people have a lot here. People have a lot here. So, you know, it was just a whole abundance when I got here. I was like, I hope that some people know that they have a lot and some people don't think they have a lot. Right. You know what right. I mean? I'm like, well, if you know where I'm coming from, you have a lot. Now, would you say it's the same way now? They're as creative, they're utilizing all their resources or are they flooded with some technology? I, I think, oh, gosh, um, I would think technology is taking its, I wouldn't say it's toll, but grabbing a hold it's starting to right yeah yes yeah yes. like like because... children don't play outside anymore mm -hmm. and it's yeah, video, and, video games know, are prevalent right and everybody's like if you go on a bus or public transportation everybody's head is in a cell phone you know nobody's yeah. talking to each other anymore so hopefully they're listening to your podcast that's, the masses, okay. well, that's true <laughs> the masses are i would say on the lower income side there's a lot of people mm -hmm. on the lower income side who can't afford the technology. So that forces yeah. those people to basically continue with a culture of having to make do with what they have. So there's That's still a point. Yeah. that mindset that you have to basically, you know, take advantage of the little bit that you have and be resourceful right. at the same time. And I think this brings a lot of perspective also to the idea that sometimes people have of Latin America as well, like as Jamaica and other third world countries, mm -hmm. that poverty somehow equates to unhappiness or misery. And mm. it doesn't. There's a lot oh, of times oh. where you can have poverty and still have joy. You could still Absolutely. be happy. You could still be creative. So very similar to, to Latin America. Yeah, yeah. We're, so we're some of the happiest people there, mm -hmm. you know, we're yes. some of the happiest people in Jamaica. Yeah, I mean, yeah. times are hard, things are hard, but, you know, you can get a good belly laugh from just yeah. listening to somebody talk, you know. That's so true. Or, or pull off some antics. In right. my, <laughs> during my high school days, there was a lot of influence of Jamaican culture in the mm. late 80s, early 90s, where dreadlocks were really popular. Oh, really? Everybody listened to Bob Marley and a whole bunch mm -hmm. of other reggae singers, you know? I, myself included, I, I listened to so, so many different reggae dreadlocks. singers. I didn't have dreadlocks. Oh, no really? way. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. But several of my friends did, for sure. And then I, I have some Belizean co um, cousins who, who have similar, similar culture mm -hmm. almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. And one of the things that I do remember, though, is, and I wanted to ask this, is the associations, though, sometimes that did develop because of the influence in the late 80s, early 90s of reggae music and Bob Marley, you know, Ziggy Marley, that the association of somehow marijuana with Jamaican culture. Yeah. You know, and somehow attributing to that like happiness and joy where... <laughs> 
I know I'm sure that in Jamaica, it's not necessarily <laughs> like that in Jamaican families. Yeah. Even though the vice president yeah. said that because of her Jamaican culture, she had smoked weed once in a while or something like that, you know? Right, right, And then her, right. I think her dad came in and completely discredited her and said, no, no, we ne did not smoke marijuana in our yeah. family just because, we're <laughs> just because we're Jamaican. Well, the weed smoking as being part of the culture is, I would say, it's half and half. Mm. I can understand why people think it's, you know, you can associate weed smoking with Jamaican culture, but it's a subculture in the you. Jamaican Jamaican mm -hmm. population, mm -hmm. right? Um, the Rastafarians are heavily into um, smoking weed or smoking ganja, as we popularly call it. But that's part of their rituals. It's a really but, bad stereotype. It really yeah, bad. It is. Yeah, it's not, it's not a correct stereotypical <laughs> right. description. You're from Jamaica. You're expected to be indulging or have indulged in marijuana, smoking weed. Right. That's not true. It's a subculture. Absolutely. Right? Thanks for bringing that up. Yes, I'm glad, I'm that glad we clarified that mm -hmm, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think people need to know. Dispel and... that myth, you know, that that it's part of some Jamaican it's, culture. It's illegal in Jamaica, by the way. Mm, that? Wow. Okay. That's, okay. that's always a surprise for people who, who are not aware. It's not completely legal. Let's put it that uh, yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. okay. You're, allowed, okay. you're allowed a certain amount for, for personal use. Continuing just a little bit more about Jamaica because we are so fascinated by the culture <laughs> and so glad to have you on here to tell us about it. So can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about the, about the dialect and is there a fun phrase that you might be able to teach us? Funny, funny how you say that because our next podcast, okay. we're going to be explaining a lot of what our words mean, how to say it and mm. just equate some actual words in our dialect with English words. We, just to set the, set the foundation here, the first language spoken at home or taught at home is a Jamaican dialect. It's considered slave language, broken English. So it's mixed with African words, some English words, and some words which are in between. So the slaves heard the masters, the, the colonial masters say some things are communicating in one way in English language, and they tried to adapt that language amongst themselves. So some words didn't come out right. Some words weren't spelt right. So we just adapted those terms and used them as our own captured language called the patois. Patois mm, right. language. Interesting. That we have some French in there too. There's yeah, a there's little French. touch of French. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. So it's very, it's a very diverse, it seems complex, but to, to us, it's just so plain and simple because we learned it as kids at, at home. But we, our official language is English, just to right. make sure people understand. Oh, gotcha. Our official language is English because I hear a lot of people asking the question, what okay, language is does it, Jamaican speak? Right. Is it easier and for Spanish. you guys to switch back and forth between the two? Yes, oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. we speak at home. We speak more of the Patwa Jamaican dialect at home. Yes. In school, we speak the Jamaican dialect, but in class, to our when peers, you're doing English, yeah. when you're doing English, you have to speak what the teacher is teaching you. Yeah. You have to know the proper way of saying I what you, you say at home. Gotcha. In English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any examples that of, of the dialect? What's a fun phrase? Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Like, Which hey, one boy, come in. Hey, no, boy, come in. No, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. I was, I feel, no, 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 no. I feel like the the, the, the good phrase would be wagwan. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're wagwan, right. Wagwan. Right. Wa what is going on? Oh, wow. Oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. yeah. So it's like, it's almost like a song. They kind of like smush the words together. together. So like, wagwan, what is going on? Right. I will definitely be uh, waiting and listening for your episode coming up. 
on the yeah, language. It's going to okay. be interesting. So now on a little bit of a deeper note. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you told us more about the culture, background about your podcast. And we would love to hear your own story um, and your journey that you two have been on, which is an amazing journey, a real journey. Would you please share about how you two, you know, that your background, how you two reconciled in whatever division you had. Okay. You want me to start? Um, are you go ahead, to start? go ahead. No, go ahead. In the beginning. I'll come with the reconciliation part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll come with the reconciliation yeah. part. Yeah. I he could start said, with he said in, in the, the beginning. beginning. Oh my goodness. In the beginning. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> All right. That sounds so familiar. To start out, after my daughter was born, there was a broken relationship with her mother. So therefore, there were issues that needed to be resolved right away with the broken relationship. I made choices of basically raising my daughter as a visitor. I would visit her every week and usually on a Sunday at home. We were co-parenting, but when the relationship broke down, there was a problem with co-parenting. When my daughter turned six years old, I migrated to the U U.S. So that increased the distance again and increase the lack of communication with her. So there was an on and off relationship when she was a younger, from she was a toddler until she was a young little girl, six, seven years old. There was a brief gap, which lasted for about two to three years. And that was mainly due to my choice for various circumstances, right? So I made some choices which weren't helping the parenting of my daughter. So we rekindled the relationship when she was around 10, 11 years old, and we had a relationship then going forward. Fast forward, we were having the relationship for these years until, I shouldn't say until, she migrated to the United States and we were living in the same household. And that's the first time I, I can actually say we lived together. We got to know and experience each other as father and daughter living in the same house. Yeah. By this time, she was a teenager. Right now? Um, that late, our late past 20, teenager. That, yeah, yeah, I was 19, 20. And so 2008, we had a falling out. And she went off to the military. I still didn't know what was the issue. She basically just said, I want to go my separate way and sent a message that she's done, right? And I sort of got that message. So I said, okay, all right, I totally get the fact that the relationship will be broken. At that time, the first thing I did was I actually said, Lord, only you can fix this. But first of all, before I, before I went into that mode, I was angry. I was angry because she was angry and not telling me what she was angry about. And so we were there not speaking to each other for years, but throughout those years, I found it, I found restoration and healing in saying, I wish I could talk to my daughter. I wish I could have a conversation with my daughter. And I miss that. And so I prayed daily for the Lord to open up a, a channel, a way of restoring this relationship. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going to go and how it's going to be resolved. But I've always asked the Lord. Lord, help us to restore this relationship. It's very important. What made it more difficult for me was that I'm hearing that she has two children, which I did not know. Your I'm grandpa. hearing, this is, this is here I'm hearing. Mm. I'm not experiencing that. I'm not hearing it from her. We're not on speaking terms. Um, I'm not sure if she's still angry. Um, I don't know the process that she's in or the phase that she's in. 
but I've always said to myself, I'm going to always leave a bridge. So to leave that bridge, I have to get rid of or eliminate any resentment or unforgiveness of any kind that I'm hanging on to. And I kept praying that, Lord, one day we can reconcile. Kept praying that prayer. And again, as I said, it was difficult for me to hear that she had two sons, which were my grandchildren. And I couldn't, I didn't know them. I couldn't see them. And we're not on speaking terms. So this is really torturous. Yeah. You know, you can just imagine how bad it was. And so my prayers were answered on the 28th of September, 2020. Mm -hmm. And I can share how that happened. Or Janelle, you want to say anything before I go into that? Well, yeah, um, definitely wanted to kind of like fill the gap on, I guess, why I was angry and I guess how I went about it and how I did it or how we just like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of broke apart with the reason. I was coming from kind of like a, a really big family where the house was filled with aunts, uncles, cousins, um, grandma, grandpa, just like everybody is in the house. And so to kind of move yourself from one kind of family structure to another where um, I felt like in this, in this family structure, kind of like a nuclear situation, you know, mother, stepmother, brother, it was very new to me. And then in a new country, I felt like I wasn't being me. I felt like I was, I was an imposter somewhere, somehow along the way. Like I felt like I didn't belong only because I felt in my mind that between my brother my step, my loving stepmother, Auntie Masia, and my 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 father, I felt they had a better relationship. I thought I was like the outsider, you mm -hmm. know, because at that at one point my brother was living with my stepmom, so he had more access to my dad. So I felt like, you know, um, I felt like the black sheep in the family. Mm -hmm. And um at one point, you know, I was trying my best to like you know, appease, you know, for that father's love and try to, you know, get those good grades and be, be the perfect daughter and everything. And then I couldn't quite get it right. I felt like every little tiny mistake, I couldn't quite get it right. And I felt like every time I did something wrong or every time something was happening, I felt like the worst person in the world. And so I decided that mentally, I'm not going to do that. Anymore. I, I want to be me. I want to be go out and I want to explore life. I want to be me outside of this box, as I would call it. And um, for sure, I took a leap of faith and I said, you know what? I want to I want to know myself outside of this, these constraints that have been put in place. And so I decided to join the military to kind of like, I guess, open my world up and see, you know, what's out there. I need to be on my own. I need to know what is it to stand on my own two feet. So I, that's the, you know, the reason why I kind of like stepped out because I'm like, okay, if I, if what I'm doing is not pleasing you, then what am I, what am I here for? What am I doing here? So let me just 
go out and let me just go and live my life and you can stay over here and not communicate with me. While I was in the military, on getting on my feet, um, I met my husband. He wasn't in the military, but I met my husband while I was there, and I just, you know, continued to live my life. And while getting to know my husband, when it's like, okay, what's your birthday? My husband was born is born September the 9th. and guess guess what's T Rob's birthday? Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. September ninth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh no! Like I'm trying trying to avoid this guy, and here's the guy life, you know. Oh gosh, you know. And my mom was like, oh no, not another one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope he's not like your dad. And I'm like, oh gosh, like, you know, so, you know, we kind of uh, move forward. And after, you know, living my life, you know, purchasing a home and just trying to create a stable environment for my children, I, I don't think he, I don't think I told you this, dad, but um, it was the passing away of um, Olayinka's dad made me kind of reach out to you and say, you know what? all that mess, everything, whatever, whatever it is, teenage angst or what kind of stuff I was going through mentally, that's all in the past. Let me just send a message to my dad because in this life, it, you know, you can't just push away somebody and not give them a, like a second or even a third chance without even hearing what they had to say because he didn't even get a chance to say anything to me when I left I was like he's like can I talk to you and I'm like no I don't want to talk to you I left so um it was a point where I said to myself I really did some really deep thinking and I was reconciling with my brother and his girlfriend was like you know that he's really good with you know, my kids, you know, you should give him a chance. And I'm like, nah, he could stay over there. He got his, you know, he had his grant. I was being very reluctant. I was being very reluctant. I think it's because of ego, you know, not being the one to say, to, to, to go across the bridge halfway first. Because I'm like, he's the dad. He's supposed to, you know, he's the one that's supposed to reach out, you know. And I'm like, you know what? In this situation, let me be the big person. And I prayed about it and I, and I sat on it. And my husband is like, you're not, you're not, you're tossing, you're turning in bed. You're not sleeping. What's going on? And I, and I eventually told him what was happening. He's like, just do it. You know, I don't have my dad anymore. You have your dad over there and you don't want to talk to your dad. I'm like, just do it. Hmm. And I said, I was like, okay, you know, and at this point I knew his number out of my head. It was a, it was a crazy number. It had 666 in it for some crazy <laughs> reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I hope you changed it to 777. No, it, 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 it's, it's been changed for years. Yeah. I'll never you know. forget that number. I still remember it up to the day anyway. And yeah. I texted that number and I said, I said to my brother, because he was going over there for, I think it was for Thanksgiving dinner or something. I'm mm. like, let dad know. He can, you know, reply to my message. I sent him a message. And dad is like, I don't see any message on my phone. You know, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's a different number. So there was like a disconnect right away. And then I had to build up another set of courage to text again a new number 
And so I, I did it anyway, you know, because I'm like, let's just do it. And let's just, you know, everything is in the past. I forgive him for what he is, you know, what has been said, what has been done. I, I it, it doesn't affect me anymore. Let's just move on with life. This is life now as it is. Let's just move on. That's where we're at right now. Okay. Well, thank you <laughs> so, for sharing that. So on the 28th of September, I remember that day vividly. I'll yes. never forget that day. Three days after my birthday. Three days after her birthday and a day after my wife's birthday. The morning of September 28th, I got a text. It says, hello, good morning. But the number associated with that text or sending the text was a 415 area code. That's a that's the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. So I wouldn't have had a clue that it was her because I know she didn't live in California. I know that much. I know she lived back somewhere east, either Florida or Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So I saw the number and I said, I don't understand this number. I got a text from hello, good morning. So I don't remember if no I said No name or anything? Just hello, good morning? Just hello, good morning. And I'm going, that's crazy. I just get this text out of the blue from this 415 number. So I said it to Marcia. I said, I just got this text from out of the blue. And it just says, hello, good morning. And it's from San Francisco. And she goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I should call the number. It's the first time I'm hearing this guy. So oh, wow. I need yeah. to know. Yeah, maybe, I just... <laughs> maybe I should call the number and find out, you know, texted the wrong number or something. So I called the number and it rang. And a young lady's voice came on the on uh, answered the phone. And I said, hello. She said, hello. And I'm like, who is this? I didn't recognize her voice. Really? And, she had grown so much. Well, you had she had grown at uh, 10 years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she said, This is Janelle. Mm -hmm. So I said, Janelle? You mean Janelle Janelle? <laughs> <laughs> she said, Yes. And I said, the first thing I said was like, oh my gosh. I said, the first thing I said to her was, I want you to know that this is a prayer mm. answered. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah, he really did say that. I just want you to know that this is a prayer answered because I've prayed for this moment and I didn't care what happened in the past, as she said. And she's, mm -hmm. she, we were, apparently we're on the same wavelength of the phase of where we are in the, in the conflict. I didn't care what happened in the past. I was so glad to hear her voice and we started a conversation, mm -hmm. but I made sure I told her that was a prayer answer. God had you is prepped? Had you prepped for that moment? Like, what would I tell her? Or was that just spontaneous? That was spontaneous. I didn't, I did not prepare Ahead of time. Yeah, nobody prepared anything. I was right. just trying to keep it normal. Let's see, you know, no expectation, just two people talking at this point, baby steps. So I haven't seen her in 10 years. I haven't spoken to her in 10 years until that moment on September 28, mm. 2020. So it was a long journey. So we talked for a while and then we went to the next phase. Mm -hmm. How are we going to basically see each other? See each other. Right. And she she said Thanksgiving might be a little bit rushed because it's 28th of September. Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is around the corner. So we just celebrated our one year anniversary, right, of the, that phone call. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Thanksgiving is around the corner. And so she was thinking of getting a, getting us together for Thanksgiving. And I said, well, might be a little bit too rushed. Let's shoot for Christmas. for Christmas. So we basically planned to have a reunion not just myself and Janelle, 
but the whole clan basically flew from California wow. to Orlando. She was living in Orlando at the time. So seven of us, and let me just really make sure I, I, I can account for seven. Myself, my wife, my son, his girlfriend, and their three children, two plus one, right? Two biological children between the both of them and one stepdaughter. And the seven of us boarded a flight to Orlando to spend Christmas to have this reunion with Janelle and her husband and her two boys. And it's one of the most joyous, memorable Christmas I've ever actually had. Oh, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You amazing. know, having to, to meet the grandsons, to connect with my daughter again, to meet her husband, to have her meet her nieces. I think she has met her nieces and nephews already before. Yeah. But to have all the family from California be in Orlando spending Christmas that week was a glorious mm. thing, you know? And I said, God heals. Amen. God heals. Amen. He gave me a hug so big <laughs> and so mm. strong. It was nice. Right. To make up for, yeah. <laughs> so just, mm. I guess, hug my dad again. It was just mm, real yeah. nice. It was, I was just like, it was almost like a breath, like a, <sighs> you know like a big yeah, just really exhale relief yes yeah it was it was i think manny did you have some yes and you know there's a scripture that comes to mind and you know one of the foundations of our of our show our podcast is that we love scripture mm -hmm. and, and i think in all of this there's um so much beauty in in scripture um, with regards to restoration of family you know there's so much in scripture, one of those passages that I, that I really like because it's it's a quote of an Old Testament, uh, Malachi four, mm. but it's when the um, the angel Gabriel the angel Gabriel tells John the Baptist's father Zechariah that John the Baptist would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah, and one of the purposes of that spirit and that power of Elijah is the Holy Spirit, and he yes. says to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And then it says this, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And in mm. Malachi, it says, and to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. So it's yes. both the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. That mm -hmm. spirit of reconciliation, right? That we deal with that tension sometimes as believers, when we even as believers recognize and realize that we're not exempt from these things that can happen in the world. Mm. We're right. not exempt from them. But mm -hmm. the way we deal with them is so different from the way the world deals with it. The world can carry sure. on with resentments, with separation for a very long time and take it to the grave. You know, you see that stubbornness in a lot of sometimes older folk. You know, I'm just going to take this to the grave. I disown him or what have you. But when the Holy Spirit is in us and convicts us continually, continually, I love that prayer that you both mentioned, you know, that you guys were both kind of doing the same thing, you know, praying and, and asking God. And it's amazing how... Sometimes when you least expect it, as you're probably uh, intensely and, and vehemently praying for that, God just shows up and answers that prayer. And that's just so powerful to, to see that, to see that in real life situations, to see that the Holy Spirit is there and that that power of reconciliation through the Spirit of God can overcome any type of, of division that the enemy Amen. sometimes even brings into our families. Yes. Now, that leads me to a question of, um, along these years, were you both believers? Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. 
for you as well. I got that, and that's why I mentioned yes, of that. I think this is something that we deal with okay. as even as believers, we're not exempt. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. right. so we deal with these things. If too. you look back at, at the timeline, were there moments when where you feel like, okay, now that I look back, God was kind of tugging my heart here or talking to me here that maybe you didn't realize at the time? Do you feel like God was trying to nudge you back to this reconciliation? Uh, yeah, when I met my husband and his birthday was mm -hmm. September 9th. Right, I'm that's like, right, that's right. Uh, <laughs> it's a big sign, big uh -huh. sign. That was like a writing on the wall. Right, exactly. That was right. the first kind of like, here's the message, completely ignored it. I'm like, okay, that's just, that's just a coincidence, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so funny because when I heard that your uh, Ole Inca, your husband was born on the September 9th, I'm like, God has a sense of humor. Oh, he does. Yeah, absolutely yeah, does. Yeah. God absolutely. has a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's no way she's going to forget her and dad's you know, birthday. You know what's so strange, too? My husband was living to, in Jamaica at the time, and we didn't really live together until like, till I actually applied to for him to come live in the States. I guess our first time living together in Georgia. This man is almost like the carbon copy of my dad like falls wow. asleep when we're watching movies <laughs> you know he does the same thing you mean the guy can attest to the fact that he does the same <laughs> right my husband Unique, does uh... it he does it and i'm like and then wake up and then ask what happened and i'm like <laughs> oh you're just the same way you know and he has the kind of like that weird sense of humor too you know they laugh at the they laugh at the weirdest things and i'm oh, like yeah. i don't get it these messages just like I'm like I think I married my dad by coincidence like what is going on you know that is like coincidence so that, sure right yeah, right mm -hmm. now Nelly I'm sure you had to have gone through a lot of a lot of different things growing up with like your dad said he was a visitor he chose to be a visitor for that time right, right. and then when you moved in do you feel like you had all these feelings come up that were kept bottled in yeah, yeah. Or do you feel I, like um, you were communicating them the whole time or that, you know, I kept them in, I kept them in, I kept them in, and then I just kind of, I did all this burst. work in my thinking, right? And then I just kind of, I left without that yeah. communication. You, you're, you're exactly right. It was to the point where, you know, um, you have to understand that in our culture, again, Jamaican culture, uh -huh. the parents always right, and that's just it. Children stay in their place and that's just it. You have no right to feel what you feel we're feeding you, giving you a place to sleep. Don't say anything. I feel like there wasn't a window to say much of it. And so you kind of like bottle your feelings up and learn how to deal with it. But then I guess me and my personality, like, okay, it's either I walk away, don't say anything, or they're just going to hear the end of it. You know right, what right, I mean? Right. And I'd rather not them hear the end of it. So um, that's, yeah, that's definitely caused why I walked away because okay. I had all those things bottled up. Okay. And sometimes we don't even try to communicate if we feel like we're going to get pushed back or it's not going to be accepted. Mm, right? We kind of save true. ourselves the energy. Um, and I don't know if that was the case. You know, I tried and I, I didn't, uh, I got pushed back or I didn't even try because I already know how it's no, going what to they're going to say. Yeah. yeah. I was on. Yeah. More like that way. Yeah. Okay. For sure. If you were looking back is, would you choose that same route? Let's see. Um, knowing what I know now, yeah. I would definitely uh, have a conversation for okay. sure with okay. my dad and let him know how I feel. Even if it was hard yes. or even yes. if even if he didn't respond the way you wanted him to, at least it was said. It was said and I would have probably felt a little better. Right. The ball's probably... in his court to figure out what to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. And for you, T-Rob, you know, those years that passed, 
where you said you chose to be a visitor, were there particular emotions that you were going through at that time, or were you focused on what you were doing? And Well, the most indelible thing in my mind at the time of being a visitor to her more than being a father was I was so many miles away in another country and I would visit once or twice a year. That's the only time I would have a chance to see her. And it was very expensive to make phone call to Jamaica at that point. So it was expensive. So that was a little hurdle that I had to cross as well. But what I had in mind was to keep in contact with my daughter when I was in the States and she was in Jamaica in the hopes of reuniting at some point in time. I couldn't tell exactly when that time would be, but I knew I was going to actually file her papers to come to the United States and let's see how we work out from there. The expectations that I had was that we would be living together as father and daughter in the same household and we can, yeah, and we could develop our relationship. And I didn't know where I was going wrong. I didn't know what was going through her mind until it basically showed itself up on that Saturday morning when she said she didn't want to talk. She's out of here. Now, some of the reasons why I ask about those things is because I think it's so important for people to hear and understand that these are the real struggles that we go on inside, the real feelings that we have in our real relationships. And then we're so thankful that what it pointed to was a reconciliation, that that is the end result and that that's where you're working on now. What I'm thinking of is during that time when the 10-year period, T. Rob, where you were waiting, again, just so that the listeners and viewers can hear that hope that you had and the realities of what you were dealing with. What was going on in your mind for those 10 years that you were praying, that you were hoping, but yet hadn't seen fruit of that prayer yet? Right. Once you pray, you have hope. While you're praying, you can't lose hope. That's one of the reasons why you pray, to keep hope, right? And if you trust God and have any faith in God, in some way, shape, or form, you will believe that he will come through and he will deliver and he will redeem at some point. It might not look like what we have in our mind or what we expect in our mind, right? And it can come out of anywhere where God is concerned. So I just had a a lot of hope and one day that I will reunite Mm. with my daughter. But on the other hand, I was still puzzled and mystified by the fact, like, what happened, you know? And I'm asking myself the question. She appears so angry, not even wanting to have anything to do with us, with my household, that I thought, what was going on? I didn't even get a chance to defend or to say my piece or to express what was going on with me. She just stepped away. And that was the most hurtful thing that I didn't get a chance to make a rebuttal. So I didn't have any say. And I felt more or less that she had the handle in the terms of when she's over that phase of anger, she will probably come around. I'm hoping that she comes around. So you're what hoping my... that once she's done being angry for or that phase is kind of lessened, then there's yes. room for work to be done in the reconciliation. Right. Right. And my prayer was focused more on for me to release any resentment and for her to release if there's any anger that she has bottled up for her to release it so we can come to a place where we can both meet at the bridge. Yeah. And what a way that um, Nelly, that the Lord utilized your circumstances to pull you back into relationship with your dad. Right. right. Things that, that were very sad, I'm sure, the passing 
of your husband's dad, but right. that the Lord utilized these particular markers to nudge you back right. to. And, right. and also, T-Rob, that the Lord was working in you, that you would be able to be so free that when she called you and said, hey, how are you? You said, hey, I'm so glad that this prayer has been answered. I need you to know that. Right. right. Great. So now, considering this is pretty fresh, and we appreciate you sharing such a, a fresh story with us, that you're still in the process of working out. You guys have gone through mm -hmm. so many emotions. It's been a long process, but you're still working towards that reconciliation. And that's what it looks like when mm -hmm. we've had some issues, we come back together, and then there's a working phase and a rebuilding phase of a, this new relationship, a right. real genuine relationship with each other. We have to rebuild those things. Have you thought about particular ways that you guys will protect your relationship now as you move forward? What's your plan? And as you rebuild your relationship, how do you do that? Okay. Wow. You want me to go or you want to go? Yeah, go ahead. Because I, <laughs> that's All a really right. complicated question. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, how to protect the relationship, I basically say to myself, I will not allow a repeat of what happened to happen again, to be a replay. Whatever it is, I'm going to confront whatever the issues are and deal with them accordingly. But in our visit to Orlando with the family last year for Christmas and that glorious day that we re reunited, we had a conversation Christmas night and we spoke for hours. Everybody was in bed. It was 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And we sat at our dining table and we just talked. Mm -hmm. We talked about everything. We went from one topic to the next. Yeah. And like giving birth, everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, some things we that each other we into catch each other's up. lives, right? Yes. So right. That rebuilding yes. was, I tell you that the important things in my life, you tell me, we share this together. Right. Yes. A lot, together. Of, a lot of catching up to do some historical data and some historical events. And we caught up with those and we spoke for hours. And then that's when I realized that the connection was being made. Praise God for that. Praise you God. Know, praise God for that, of course. And so with that connection, we took it to another level when we decided to work on a podcast together. And the podcast has been such a blessing because it allows us to communicate, number one, very quite frequently. And it allows us to work together and it, 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 it allows right. us to be ourselves and synchronize and be compatible with each other that's, and to that's sort beautiful. of reseal that little connection that we have as father and daughter. So the podcast has been a real blessing. I don't remember how we came up with that idea, but I think it's it spawned from the fact that we spoke for hours on that Christmas mm. night, I think. So you really yeah. communicate. Dad, you came up with that idea. But even my husband is like, <laughs> okay, so here's the big, here's the joke, inside joke between me and my husband. When I'm normally, when my dad would call, he would be near me enough to hear the, the telephone call. And he'd be, my dad would be like, hey, Jay, you know, that's my nickname. When he's like, real quick, that would be the first thing that he said. But we'd be on the phone for like four <laughs> plus hours. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, real quick, um, this is it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, he's like, so my husband's like, your dad real quick is like a podcast like <laughs> i was like okay record that. <laughs> funny. That's right funny. That's funny. so it, it was funny that he even said you know we we should do you know we should definitely record our talks you know just for us sake you know we we are we're just doing it for us real um, we like to listen but it, it's more for us to like let us be ourselves and to actually piggyback on your point cat now i know for my dad for something like hey dad can this 
I now he's a little bit more receptive to things that he is not used to. So, you know, technically he's in my world with the social media and everything <laughs> like that. That's right. So, That's right, huh? you know, he listens to what I have to say. And, you know, I was like, wow, like I didn't know that my dad was this receptible to critique as long as I come at him the right way. So I'm like, okay, maybe I, sh you know, should have said something like back in the day, something else would have changed. You and know? those are things that we learned we don't always learn communication styles well True. right so mm -hmm. we regroup and we once we relearn we start moving forward with that right like I, I don't True. know Tinson if would you now if you started noticing okay Nelly's kind of withdrawing a little bit would you pursue and say hey this is what I'm noticing can we talk about it would you pursue her in that way for sure for sure that's, that's a blessing you know another scripture that the Lord brings to my mind right now is and I this is a, a theme in our household as well guys I think sometimes we think that when we're Christian and we have family members, kin, especially our kin, that it automatically flows into our spiritual relationship with them. And it doesn't. That's something additional that we have to work on, right? True. Because I mean, true. nothing will change the fact that you're daughter and father, father and daughter. Nothing will ever mm -hmm. change that. Daddy daughter duo. Yeah, daddy daughter. Yes. And, you know, I had a similar experience with my second boy, um, Jacob, where when my wife came into the picture, she helped me so much to resolve so many things that, that we had with him. And, and now our relationship is, is stronger because of that. But it brings to mind this scripture, and it's a, a beautiful scripture also in Matthew. It's Matthew 12, 46. And it's when Jesus' family and some of his brothers who even did not really convert until after Jesus' resurrection, mm. you know, um, his, his brothers and sisters, and then it says, while he was speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers and sisters stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers and sisters? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers and sisters. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Mm. And I think there is a bond that forms when you are kin, when you are um, especially between um, a child and, and their parent, parent and child, a bond that forms once you both draw closer to the Lord and to each other in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, versus doing it in just human effort. We have our human gatherings, our family gatherings, right? A lot of people have annual Thanksgiving gatherings, what have you. But that doesn't mean that that oneness is being developed in the family. And one of the prayers of the Lord Jesus for us as his disciples is that we would be one with one another and with him as he is one with the Father. And one of the most beautiful things that I've noticed is in your story is how the Lord is using that. And now it seems like when you can talk for hours, that bond of the Holy Spirit, that bond of love is growing stronger. And, and I think that that's the Holy Spirit's work in your relationship. And, and I think it's beautiful when, as I tell my children this, you are my daughter and you will always be my daughter or my son. But when we are in eternity, you will be my brother or sister in Christ forever. That relationship is an eternal relationship. Even the marriage relationship, right? Marriage mm -hmm. relationship will be different in heaven. In heaven, we will be brother and sister forever. There will only be that one love, that true one love that maybe Bob Marley tried to sing about mm -hmm. and some people couldn't always attain. But it is attainable only in Christ Jesus. And it's beautiful to see this fruit in your lives, guys. It's such a blessing to me to be able to hear that story. And I know it's a blessing to many others who are, who are listening as well. And I want them to keep in mind that scripture, that Jesus himself said this. Yeah. Jesus himself understood the difference and the, and the strength in a relationship outside of a biological one. But how much more stronger 
when they are also our kin. Thank you, Manny. In Luke chapter 15, we know the famous story of the prodigal son. I was a prodigal father in the sense that I depended on God to lead me to the point where I can say, if my daughter shores up, I'm running to her. I'm not going to walk. I'm going to run. Notwithstanding the circumstances that happened, I'm going to run to her. So that's why I had, what, I, what my preparation was. Dad, so if you're the prodigal father, how, I consider him a prodigal daughter. That's why you're a daddy-daughter daddy, a daddy duo. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're both part prodigal. Who's really the prodigal? <laughs> so as, as we close, is, would there be any advice that you would give to daughters who feel like moving away emotionally from someone that's significant in their life? And would you have advice for fathers? who feel like, you know, I'm noticing my child is drifting away or I'm drifting away. Would either one of you have advice for someone? I definitely would say talk to someone. If 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 there is something that's bothering you about your parents or just your dad or whoever, try to see if you can talk to somebody that could, preferably somebody outside of the scope of your family. And then they will give you kind of like, the outsider look, you know, to say, you know what, just like how, you know, although my, my husband is an insider for sure, but you know, for me to even ask the question, should I even reach out? He's like, listen, you have a dad. I don't have a dad. You know what I mean? It really snaps you together real quick and be like, definitely communicate with somebody those feelings that you're having. And then if it's important enough to that parent, they will listen for sure. So it's almost a sense of not trusting in your own heart completely. We need to have outside counsel, godly, yes. wise counsel, yes. God willing, right? Yes, but yes. We don't always trust our heart, like Jeremiah seventeen nine says. Sometimes our heart is deceitful. We have a lot of emotions mm -hmm. in there that aren't always based on truth. It's based off of what we feel. Right. So we don't keep those things to ourselves, which is actually can be one of the spirals that starts with that starts depression. We bring it out and we discuss it with some people who we feel are wise or godly, who have our best intentions in their heart, who care about us. And then we share those things with them. And we we're open as well to the perspective that they have. Right. right. To, to Could be a pastor, somebody at your church. I love that. That's great advice that you yeah, gave Nelly. Thank sure. you. How about for you, T. Rob? Well, for me is that I know the enemy works over time to break up family. And so it doesn't take much for families to be in, have broken relationships. We all experience that at some point, hopefully less now than before. But my takeaway is that always leave a bridge for the other person to cross. Get rid of the resentment and ask God to basically guide you and direct your path to get rid of those feelings of resentment, of malice, of strife, any sort of negative feelings that you might be bottling up. Ask God to take that away so he can create a portal for restoration and healing. Very powerful to you, Rob. Thank you. Nelly, did you have any takeaway that you'd like them to, to walk away with or would that be your takeaway? That would be my takeaway. That would be my takeaway. Okay, yeah. perfect. Thank you guys so much. It's a very powerful story. Very powerful what God can do mm -hmm. in hearts that are hardened. He knows how to utilize the things that, that occur in our life and how to soften that heart. Uh, we need to receive him and, and just what a power that he can do, what a transformation. And I just imagine, you can tell me, but now that you're rebuilding your relationship, I imagine that a lot of those years just kind of melted away and that you're it just, did. and that you're just, you're just in this new relationship. Now I could just imagine. 
I agree. Cause I had to work with this guy. We have to produce a show together. You know, I, I, he, he can't get rid of me. I can't get rid of him at this point. So, you know, I got to work God for that. Right. So I just want to thank again. Thank you guys both for coming on here again. Check out the Mequi reason podcast. Mequi reason, which means, means, let us, means let us reason. Let us have a conversation. Yeah. yeah let us talk. Yeah. So you I know. love that. Um, I did listen to it and I loved it. And I think everybody else should definitely check it out and they need to hear from you both. So we really thank you. Also, those that are watching and those that are listening, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the story. We hope that you will check back with us and that you will follow us for more episodes and that we are on, our video podcast is on YouTube, just as a reminder. Our audio podcast is on almost all the major podcast platforms. We'd be so grateful if you would share that. We'd be so grateful if you share T. Robinelli's story. Absolutely. I Beautiful think that there's story. a lot more people Beautiful who have story. stories just like yours and are still in the place of we need to reconcile That's and need absolutely that hope. Right. Amen. So and that need to know about God's power. So if you like today's episode, I hope if you got benefit from it, we would appreciate that if you left a, a comment, if you subscribed and liked, um, we were very thankful for you. And a, and a quick, very important question that I probably forgot to ask earlier is for those who want to try real, real authentic Jamaican food, where is a mm. restaurant that you would recommend that is real authentic Jamaican Anywhere food? Anywhere in the U.S.? In Southern California. Well, but she's... Or that's well, right. Or anywhere. I can I can country kitchen Jamaican restaurant. Okay. Country, where is that? Country style in L.A. In Inglewood. Inglewood. Okay, okay. Yes, Good. country... Yeah. Co yes, Los Angeles, sorry. Country style Jamaican restaurant. All right. Very good takeout, takeout food. Now, T-Rob, would you send close us off and us. close us close in prayer? Us in sure. Thank you. All right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together to tell your story of forgiveness, healing, and restoration. We ask that this res story resonate with all people with broken relationships. Yes. Hmm. Father God, we just ask that you bless this forum, that your word will go forth resoundingly, and that people will just come to know you through this channel, Lord God. Father God, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your grace, and thank you for your forgiveness that we all share. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. 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 Thank right, you guys, guys so much. God bless. We'll send you off. Thank you. God bless thank you, you for Take thank care, you for guys. having us. God bless. Us. Really appreciate how, it. How would you say see you later or goodbye or in your Jamaican dialect? You can say little more. Little more. Little more. A little more. Oh, that's cool. And a little more. Little we'll more. see you. All right. Mm. God bless. Take, Take care. Take care.